What's up, everybody? You're listening to yet another edition of Cocaine Willie. I'm your commissioner, Bob Trollsby, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the good chef Andre Napier, and Fireball Matt Marcini. This is the second episode we're recording this week, and this one we are going to be focusing on women's hoops, who's coming off of a two-game losing streak at the hands of Oklahoma and Texas, and we'll be talking about the football schedule release for the Big 12 which came out, what, two weeks ago now, something along those lines. But uh, we've got thoughts, and we're going to share those. But let's start on the women's side. So really frustrating couple of losses here coming off of a season where you hadn't lost a game with the exception of that Iowa game in the in the holiday tournament around Thanksgiving. So you're coming off of a really long winning streak. You hit, you hit that speed bump. You obviously don't have a Yoko Lee. Um, but I do think we've seen some – really competitive matchups here. And with the exception really of the Texas game until the end where they really showed their fight and their grit to get back in that one, it was just too little too late, unfortunately, but really some pretty close games, pretty close matchups. How are you feeling about the women's team knowing that they've dropped a couple here, but we're looking forward to Aoka probably coming back soon, at least within the next two to three weeks, I would say, and a fairly favorable conference schedule i would say hopefully i i feel pretty strong i mean those were two tough games that that they fell in you know the texas game man it, they just punched us in the mouth right from the very beginning and it was it was hard to recover because w- were we playing with fire in those games without i i in the win streak without ioka lee i would say yeah i mean we that Baylor game, for instance, we were down, came back, and got the dub. These games, we just weren't firing on all cylinders. And when you get down in a hole without your star player, it's tough, man. And and the games we were playing are tough. So, like you said, the the games coming up, very much favorable. So, you want to keep this lead in the Big Twelve. You want to keep well, or are we are we not first place anymore? Did Oklahoma pass us up? Oklahoma passed them up, and uh, K State's currently a half game back on OU. Ah, damn. Those Sooner girls are good too. Those Sooner girls are good. I I I just can't for the life of me figure out who who did they play in the non-con did that do that to them because they are good. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. There's some favorable pieces for K-State in the last portion of their schedule. Um, Knowing that Oklahoma, albeit they are hosting Baylor and they host Texas, um, they still have both those teams on their schedule for the rest of the season. K-State's last seven games are – Iowa State will be tough um, because they were ranked – at one point and they go on the road there um, in a couple weeks. Having this break though is absolutely huge. Um, I know there were some rumblings. Aoka Lee was um, practicing, albeit 
just not necessarily in a very limited capacity. So it does make it seem like the capability to come back is going to be there maybe sooner than we think. I think it would be huge if we can get her back for the Iowa State game on the road. Um, if they can win against Iowa State on the road, really the only other tough game, it would be a West Virginia team who is ranked in the top 25 coming to Manhattan. Um, but they do go on the road to Kansas um, later in February. So the it's still the Big 12 is still there. Um, the one seed, I think, is still there. The way that I am looking at this, though, is this team is getting experience without a Yoka Lee, and that is only going to help them once she comes back and this team gets into March. We know what this team has been able to do with a Yoka Lee, and we've seen what this team has done without her. I mean, they went on the road to Baylor and won in a, in a very much a classic game there. The Oklahoma game, they – they were in that game for the entire time and um, Oklahoma really fought to win the, that game in the end. They made some plays at the end there that we did not. Um, the Texas game, I really did not feel confident that they were going to be able to pull that out because Texas has been on a little bit of a tear here recently. Um, and despite the fact that they won in Manhattan, they're a very, very good team. Um, yeah. They're, they're a very good team. So the, the schedule is very attainable for them, but I think it's the long game that we should be looking at at this point. This is a team that could very much make it to the Final Four. They really could, depending on their draw. I, um, yeah, so I this is a team that uh, we should just continue to kind of be in awe with. I mean, this has not happened for K-State um, on the women's side in a very, very, very long time, so... Uh, there's definitely a lot more to play for. It's, I want to. I just wanted to say because we we talk about Ioka Lee coming back a little earlier than expected, possibly. You know, it is a lower body injury. She has dealt with the not necessarily this injury, but lower body injuries in the past. Um, I'm not not entirely sure. I want to rush her back. Um, the Big Twelve would be nice to obtain. A Big 12 title would be great. I think we've basically locked up um, hosting the NCAA tournament in Manhattan. So I think, you know, would it be fair to say that the a trip to the Final Four or a national championship for all for you know heaven's sake is a bigger goal than winning, you know, a regular season title in basketball? I don't know if I would rush her back to try to make ground on that half game that Oklahoma has. That's just me because I, I this is a lower body injury. Will she be a hundred percent? She is a low post player in uh, women's basketball. They are, um, for all intents and purposes, lumberers. They they're they're lumbering. So it's I don't know if I'd rush her back. She's that's not her game to not have her legs completely underneath her and to not be at full strength. So I would want yeah. to have her completely healed up and be ready for uh NCAA tournament Ioka Lee. That could make us have a run rather than, you know, for God's sakes that she doesn't, you know, be a hundred percent and something else happens. 
I think I agree with you. And and the other thing I want to point out is in a couple of these games, not every single one of these games, but Eliza Moppin's come in and, and done a really yeah. good job fulfilling that role. Granted, I'm not really sure. I didn't get to watch the whole Oklahoma game, but I'm not really sure what went wrong there, why she didn't get in the OU and in the BYU games, why she didn't get more points really. But you've got to match up against a really tough Baylor squad. She scored 16. And then you've got to match up again against that that tough Texas squad on the road, scoring 18 points and, and four rebounds. So she's had some good stat lines, but what do you think went wrong in the BYU and OU games for her at least? And how she was utilized in those games. For the, well, I don't. The, yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say from the OU perspective. So Giselle Sanchez was really good in that game, and um, you kind of had to be in a position where um, taking her out of the game stalled the offense at some points. Um, she was kind of a little bit of a matchup problem for OU, and because of that, you'll see that the the minutes for Eliza, you know, didn't necessarily correlate in that game. Um, so the thing that is really nice about really nice is, is not a great way to put this. The, the silver lining with the injury itself is you're seeing ladies step up in certain games, depending on what game and you're kind of seeing, okay, who do we have? So, um, you know, thinking about like, the BYU game was an example where, I mean, Gisela Sanchez, she had 18 points in that game. I mean, she was very solid. And I felt in that game that, I mean, they shot so poorly on the offensive end in that game. And BYU was shoot, shot 47%. You would assume that BYU was probably going to win that game. And it took some kind of big plays towards the end of that game, you know, and, and, you know, making the winning plays to get that, to get to that one. But the OU game was one where these teams were so matched together the entire game. Um, And, you know, Gisela Sanchez, she had 18 points in that game. Um, But, you know, coming off the bench, like Eliza Maupin played 15 minutes in this game, but she didn't have a lot of opportunities shooting. Um, You know, it just, it's all dependent on kind of where those matchups were. So, um, the the Baylor game showed she's going to be, I think, a pretty good talent for us, not just at the end of this year, but in the next year, or whatnot. Um, which is which is exciting. Um, but hey, you know the the two losses this past week. I mean, I I think we would have probably thought this team would have lost at Baylor and lost at Texas anyway. Um, so they won at Baylor. You know, you just you kind of take what you're given. And um, when Aoka Lee comes back, that's when you're truly going to kind of see what the end of the season is going to hold. It's like you said, it was the matchups, you know, she's an athletic Marvel really. And and she develops an outside shot. It's, it's really going to be hard to guard her. I mean, Sanchez, what it, it could be her role, what Sanchez is doing right now in replace of Ioka Lee. So she's young still. She's young. So I, I wouldn't expect her to, you know, like just light up the scoreboard in it every night. You know, she, she has her roles and that BYU matchup was weird because their, their post, their post was, she was shorter. It felt like, I felt like she was shorter, but she was a stockier girl. And it was, 
it almost nobody could had the matchup for her. She was out there. She was bodying us. It was, I think she had over 20 rebounds. Um, it was something to, to see. And I don't, I don't think it mattered who was out there, but I think it was just a team effort. Really. We had to play smaller to counteract like all the spacing that they had to deal with. It was, it was weird game, but we pulled it out. But like Matt said, the silver lining is all these players are getting experience. So it depth in the future is going to be something that we could use as a weapon versus a lot of teams. I think one of the other keys to think about in the last two games, and you can include the BYU game in this Gabby Gregory is four of 28 shooting in those three games. Um, she has not gotten her groove offensively. Um, I, somebody, some people have said that, you know, she might be getting over something. She might be hurt. Um, uh, but she's an important player. And, you know, we saw at the end of the Baylor game, or at least in the second half of the Baylor game, she kind of flipped a switch and was able to make some shots on the outside, but also getting inside um, in the paint. Uh, but four for 28 is, is a little bit of a tough stat line to look at um, and think that, you know, if you look at the talent on this team who maybe you'd consider from an importance, you know, who really needs to be playing really well, she's one of those players that does have to improve um, on the, on the offensive end. So we'll see, hopefully this week um, is also giving, you know, giving the ladies a little bit of time to like relax, maybe some legs here and um, you know, just get ready. I mean, for kind of the last seven games of the season, you know, the fact that there's a bye week like this is, is huge, just kind of recuperating. So um, hopefully it's not just for Ayoka Lee, um, but it's also for everybody else um, and kind of getting them set for the last seven games. So looking at the big picture, the team's 20 and three overall, they're nine and two in the conference. They're number eight or number seven in the country right now, depending on which poll you look at. But in the broader conference picture, they're a half game back of Oklahoma right now. There are six or seven teams that are in contention. I would say when you look at the standings right now, you've got Oklahoma, K-State, West Virginia, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, and Texas Tech. I don't know if any of those other bottom teams would, would really be able to make a run necessarily. And there's a lot more disparity on the women's side than there is in men's from top to bottom, not necessarily the top six or seven, but from top to top, top to bottom than there, than there is in the, on the men's side. So just thinking about the big picture, thinking about where the women's team is at, where does this team end up by the time conference play wraps up? Do you think they're going to get one of those first round buys in the, in the tournament in Kansas city, or, you know, are they going to be, are they going to be playing a little sooner than we think? I think it. I think it's set that we're. I think we're a talented team. I think we're going to be, able, especially like we said, the the schedule favors us a little bit. I think this Oklahoma State game that's coming up. I think we can handle that one. Oklahoma's got TCU. Those are the two teams that I think are battling it out because, you know, the other teams are going to be playing catch up. Baylor's basically out of it. Uh, it's. I think we're a lock for having a buy in the big 12 tournament. And especially if we get healthy, I think we could win the conference. It's still, it's still there for grabs as much as I just poo-pooed the idea of winning the conference. I think that's still very much on the table. So the goals for this team, I don't, 
maybe two more losses. I best case scenario, I, I think that's very much doable. Hmm. I think that I think they'd only get really one more loss out of the seven. Um, just because I do think the the conference is a little bit top heavy um, when you think about Baylor and Texas and K State or the top three. Now West Virginia is kind of sneaking up there because um, they do have two losses in the conference, um, so that is something kind of to to consider and keep in mind. Um, I I like K State's chances though uh, in these last seven games, um, and again, I mean your your toughest games are probably going to be. Iowa State and Kansas on the road. Um, and this team has shown the capability to win on the road. So, um, you know, it's just who's going to be playing. Um, and and I think that's the key portion. Um, I'll probably say right now that the Iowa State game on the road, if I Aokali is not back, that's going to be a pretty tough game because Iowa State does have a center that is a matchup problem for us unless Aokali is playing. Um, so I think the same that, thing could be said about KU. I mean, their their center is top for tier sure. as well. It's for just sure. her supporting cast is nowhere near as much. I, I just and you brought up West Virginia, how they're rising. I honestly haven't seen a single game of West Virginia, and they're twenty and two. So it's they might not have played anybody, but honestly, they they have a record that screams that it's it's going to be a tight one. I haven't yeah. seen a single one of their games, though. Yeah. And um, just something for everybody to think about as this uh, the end of Big 12 play goes in the Big 12 basketball tournament for the women this season. Um, they're playing it at T-Mobile Center in Kansas City this season, and the championship is on a Tuesday night, um, which is the first day of the men's tournament at T-Mobile Center. So, um, especially for K-State, I mean, with the expectation they could they could go long. Uh, if they do get a double bye, um, they could their first games could be Saturday, uh, March 9th, which would happen to be fake Patty's Day. So, tough, tough for everybody. Oh, celebrating. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. And the same day as the Iowa State game, right? At the that end is of the season correct. For the men's team. Yep. Yeah. That'd be tough, but... Uh, so looking at the upcoming slate, you've got the bye week this week, essentially, and then you're going to reconvene on Saturday versus Oklahoma state. Then you're at Iowa state on the 14th on Valentine's day. So going to be really interesting to see those next couple of games and, and how things round out there. Will we see Yoki return? Who knows uh, more to come there. Moving on, let's chat football, big 12 schedule release. So a couple of weeks back now, uh, the conference released the matrix and and who's going to be playing who, but when was we, we knew who was going to be on the record, but we didn't know how the record set up for us, who we, who we start conference play with when, you know, if it's going to be a Friday night game, Thursday night game, any of those wild cards were going to be thrown out there. So the schedule has been released. We know who K state's going to play and when, and it starts with UT Martin at home on August 31st. Then we're going on the road at Tulane in new Orleans, September 7th. This was an interesting piece, but you're playing either Friday, September 13th, or Saturday, September 14th versus Arizona in a non-conference matchup against a conference opponent, which is going to be very strange, and we'll see. I just hope that it doesn't piss us off by the end of the season if we're in a tight conference race. 
Uh, then you're opening on the road in conference play against BYU and Provo on September 21st. And then your final game before your first bye, because you have two byes, is against Oklahoma State at home on September 28th. Then you get your bye week. Then you've got at CU October 12th, at West Virginia, two mountain towns, but different ends of the of different coasts of the United States against West Virginia on the 19th of October. Then you are at home again, homecoming. October 26th against KU on the road at Houston, November 2nd, you get your second bye week. And then you final three games come at home against Arizona state on the 16th of November at home against Cincinnati on the 23rd of November. And then Farmageddon Thanksgiving rivalry week game, November 30th at Iowa state. So what are your thoughts on how the schedule lays out where the buys are in relation to which, which opponents kind of, surround those buys just what are your initial thoughts what a schedule <laughs> i <laughs> i um here's here's my overall thought on this knowing the knowing the teams that we were going to be playing and and i already felt we had a pretty attainable schedule um when thinking of competing for a big 12 title. Um, we have some pieces to replace, but in reality, so does every other team in the big 12, right? Um, and every other team nationally, but going on the road at BYU for the first big 12 game is, I think really good. Um, I don't necessarily think BYU is going to be too good of a team this season. Um, so kind of starting off, starting off on the road, um, I'd rather start off against what, who could be perceived as maybe an average team in the big 12. Um, but having the Oklahoma state game early in the season, um, kind of, uh, the bye week before you go on the road to Colorado, um, I there's, I look at this schedule. I know we'll talk about like maybe what we think are, uh, our record is going to be, but there's a lot that I like about it. Um, the scariest game for me is the one in Iowa state on the road. Um, all things considered, uh, the last game of the season. Um, but that game could have a lot to be playing for and for that to be on the road, like the last game does scare me a little bit and a game. They'll probably be blackout. It'll be a blackout game, some annoying shit like that. So, uh, overall, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun schedule. Um, it, it really is knowing that we only have, you know, the number of home games that we do. So, uh, we'll be very, very fun. That's the word I was going to use. I was going to use fun. You know, it's different destinations, you know, some, I mean, especially non-con, you know, it's, it's fun going to new Orleans. I think that's going to be that's going to be electric. I think it's going to be a cool atmosphere. You know, they, they Tulane's been hosting a lot of big name schools up in that venue. And uh, K-State's just going to be one of them that flies into town and handles business, I I, I think. Uh, Colorado, you know, that's significant for me because more than likely I'm going to be there. Actually, I will be there. Uh but the back half of the schedule, this is where, you know, if we survive 
if we survive the front half of that schedule, KU is the toughest matchup in my opinion. As much as as much as we want to give uh, KU shit, man, in they are licking their chops to try to get one in Manhattan with a new quarterback for us, and they're supposedly going to have Jalen Daniels ready to go. So we'll see. Good on good. That's the one that I'm looking forward to the most, especially in that back half, because obviously I think Arizona is the team that I'm looking at in the front half of the schedule that will be the real barometer of how good this team could be. I know it, it doesn't affect our conference schedule, um, but in terms of what this team could be, a Friday in Manhattan, or I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Friday game. Why say the or? If not, I think it's going to be Friday. That is probably a standalone game on maybe ESPN. Who knows? That is going to be the litmus test to see who, where this team can go, how far we can go, what Avery is really working with. And, you know, we're going to be rolling by then. And if we have the momentum to, you know, off of Arizona win, punch BYU in the mouth, and then it's our old favorite uh, Oklahoma State. But last time we played them, we throttled them in Manhattan. So maybe it's a repeat of that. And it could be – if we're talking – Six and zero, oh. dude. I'm. It's spooky season. It is spooky season. Yeah, yeah. The way that that schedule sets up, I you could very, very realistically be saying we we start the season six and zero. Oh. I a good friend of mine was going through a lot of the numbers on, like, if you win or lose your season opener, what that means for the rest of the season. Let's just say uh, the Cats need to win the season conference, like the conference season opener on the road, because if you lose that, it's going to be scarier than spooky season and in a bad way. And we don't need that to happen. Yeah, I agree. You know, but just, (laughs) I don't really know anything about what happened to any of these teams in the off season because, you know, Arizona needs, has a new coach. It's not, you know, I mean, I know (laughs) what happened, but like, I'll say, Houston has a new coach. Meet in Arizona. Colorado has a new offensive coordinator. Meet in Arizona in the beginning better. of the season. Meet, meet in Arizona in the beginning of the season, I think it's going to be a blessing because yes. I believe they're a very, very good team. But they're it's talented. Gonna, they are talented. It's going to take a hot second for them to kind of get their stuff together. And that's a team that I wouldn't want to play at the end of the year. I mean, I, I look at, you know, teams kind of historically in the Big 12, there are programs that I feel like get off to slow starts and then kind of move on towards the end of the season and they get their shit together. Um, Arizona seems like one of them that it's going to take a little bit for them to get together. But that's, I mean, they have at probably the top third, they have a top three quarterback <laughs> in the Big 12 right now. Sorry, I almost fell. <laughs> yeah, medicine ball, medicine ball. Uh, but they would probably have the top three quarterback in the Big 12 right now. And hey, yeah, that instantly. Yeah. So you could definitely say that. Yeah, you instantly, saw it. you know, 
that gets you in games, right? So it's, it's just um, what are they going to do with their head? I mean, they're they lost their head coach. I mean, there's a lot of turmoil within that program. I know they kept a lot of players, but you know, when you change head coaches, that that, that does things to a team. And I don't yeah, know who they yeah. play in the who they play in the non-con before they play us, but I mean we can't look ahead to them because we got Tulane and Tulane, you know, they're, I'm 0-1 versus Tulane in my lifetime. So yeah. uh, that's not great. So I I'm want re- redemption for that. So I we think can't that bolsters ahead. Matt's point though, because, no, because, yeah. yeah, because they don't have a, they, I mean, well, they do have a head coach, but it's not the same guy. Right. I think it's going to take them some time to get their shit together, similar to how they did this season, even. It took them a minute to really, really click. They dropped a couple games early that they probably wouldn't have dropped if they were playing at the level that they were at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I I love how this schedule sets up. I, I like that the road game against Colorado is after the bye week. You're Are also, they? You're also going to get the game against Colorado after already having played a game at elevation. So you're going to know what kind of adjustments you need to make as a staff and, and how you're handling practices and stuff with the bye week prior to going and making another trip out to elevation. Are they, are they coming off of a buy as well? They might be. Let me double check that. Because if they're not, you know, this is early enough in the season where Colorado still could be playing for something. I don't think they'll necessarily be checked out because, uh, you know, they're transfer mongers. They, they invest a lot in the transfer portal. So if, if half their roster is checked out because, they're God, I don't know what, what their schedule sets up, but like if they're not playing for anything, it's still early where they could be playing for it, but they could still also be checked out. They, they do have a buy the same week that we do, okay. but they, they also have a fascinating they, schedule. They start the season with North Dakota state. And I got a buddy yeah. at work who was telling me he's pissed off that they scheduled that game as we all know how that can go. Oh, in the first game of the season. Then they play Nebraska, who's going to have a, a five-star quarterback and might be turning things around with Matt Rule this season based on how they've attacked NIL and the portal. Who knows? They're going to be saltier than they were last year, and this game has been competitive in years past. I'm just worried. You know, that team is going to be ultra-talented in Colorado, in Boulder. So, yeah, you know, that's a game that could be – if you were to ask me very Bosco's boys style – what's the the pendulum game or the swing game or whatever you want to call it i'm gonna say it's boulder i think that is like the the hedge point into the second half of the schedule that if you if you get that one you know they're gonna have all the attention in the world on them you get that one you're you're still in the chase you're still god knows what our season looks like but that isn't a very important one versus an ultra talented team I would agree. I, I would probably say that one too. And quite frankly, if you go into that game and you you're five and zero, I mean, we'll probably be preseason ranked top twenty five. So at that point, you're probably a top fifteen team going into Boulder. So um, I just yeah, thinking, I mean, that's, <laughs> chalk it up. You know, now. it's probably going to be some ten a.m. s kickoff, which is annoying. But yeah. Um, yeah, the Colorado game will be interesting. I there, I believe that Nebraska game is on the road, right? It's in Lincoln. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
and they're yeah, at that's a co- that Colorado team could also go zero two in that first start, like North Dakota State, they, and they're playing UCF on the road the week before their bye. Ah, that's that's yeah. a tough road trip, and UCF is loading up in the portal this year too. Yeah, UCF is going to be dangerous. They're I mean, just salty. KJ Jefferson, he, he's as much uh, as people say that he's a giant tight end that plays uh, quarterback. I think he fits Gus Malzahn's system to a T. I Damn think Newton. it's going to be. <laughs> I I'm glad. I am very much glad that we don't have to face them. <laughs> Same. Because <laughs> realistically, of the newcomers that are on this schedule, Arizona is the scary. Well, you know, I just spoke about Colorado. So I'll probably say Colorado and Arizona for me are kind of like depending on, because you said we got Arizona early enough, but we also have Colorado who, if they're peaking and, you know, they – They've done a miraculous job. The the electricity around that program could be something that is hard to overcome. But we got lucky. I mean, Houston, Willie Fritz is a good coach, but I it's just that roster is just hurt. It's just beat up. Dana Holgerson didn't give a shit at, at the end of that. Uh, Arizona State, probably arguably the worst team in the conference. We get them at home. It could be very similar to what we did this year with the the newcomers where we're like 50 burger and well we didn't 50 burger but we we shut out a good chunk of those teams where they're not good so we we handled them and i feel like that's what could happen with a lot of these teams i don't know if we'll do that to you know dion prime prime time dion but uh i think we can handle a lot of this the schedule is not hard man this is the time to do it if it the the storylines would be insane. What what could you do with Avery Johnson if he's undefeated going into Boulder, Colorado? Playing Dylan Edwards, his childhood teammate and friend. Oh, man, I forgot all about Dylan. <laughs> Dylan Edwards, welcome to the Big 12. Uh, what do you think, record prediction? You look at the schedule today. Oh, God. It's February. It's February 2024. Where do you see this record going because I, I looked at this and at an initial glance, I was thinking maybe one or two losses and, and I would be looking at any one of four or five games where those could come, but it kind of depends on, you know, Arizona game early. It doesn't have an implication on conference standings necessarily, but if you, they're going to be good team, they're a really talented team. So that game, I feel like on paper could go either way. You've got the BYU Zombies, who, if that ends up being a night game or whatever, good luck getting out of Provo. That's going to be a really tough matchup, especially if we play them at night on the road. Then you've got Colorado again. There's a lot of question marks there. We don't really know what that team's going to look like because it's basically the same situation as last year. They've completely flipped their offensive line. They've completely flipped their offensive coaching staff, so we don't really know what we're going to see necessarily. And West Virginia... They're pretty salty. They had a damn good, damn good season last year. Neil Brown saved his job. KU is going to be scratching and clawing to try to make this as competitive as possible. And fucking Iowa State and Farmageddon is always going to be Farmageddon. It's always going to be fucking weird. So those are the games that I'm concerned about. But I feel confident that this team will win 10 games. I do. I like it. 
I, I, you gave me both sides of the coin there because you, you scared the hell out of me. I forgot all about Morgantown having to go there. Off they're of, good. They they're won good the Mayo team. Bowl. They're a good team. I, but I'm going to say nine and three. You know, it's Avery Johnson's team, but you know he still is a first year quarterback. He hasn't thrown an interception as a college player. He eventually mistakes will happen with him. You know, unless they don't. And he's the greatest to ever do it. So <laughs> I'm gonna say nine and three though. I think I think there will be some learning curves, but I think it'll be Arizona that gets us. I think I think Arizona gets us. I think Iowa State gets us. And I think West Morgantown gets us. Wow. Oh. I think we're gonna be looking ahead to, you know, I think we're gonna be looking ahead to KU. I think that's a, a you know, a brutal one where you're you're coming off of a road game in Boulder, going on a road game to Morgantown across the country one week time. It's going to be tough. It's not like where you could just it's not like you're in Texas and you have another road game in Texas. It's across the country for God's sakes right before your bitter rival. That one's going to be tough, man, to come off of. I think Arizona is going to be salty. I just think they're going to be a salty bunch. Like you said, they got the third best quarterback in the a top three quarterback in the, the league. And then Iowa state, it's just, I hate them so much, but they just, they have a curse on us right now. And I don't like them. Well, as everybody knows, I'm like the most pessimistic of the three of us, but I think this team goes 11 and one. Oh, do it to me, baby. I do. Um, I, I'm putting a lot in, I'm putting a lot of stock in the offense improving, even though the offense was pretty good this season. Um, I think Dante Cephas coming in changes the game just a little bit. And um, we saw Keegan Johnson towards the end of the season able to make some plays, obviously Jace Brown. But I think we're going to see a little bit of a different style of offense coming through, and we're going to see some more opportunities in the passing game. And – if we're going to be in a position where maybe we score 35 points a game, something like that, I, I really see this offense kind of improving. And there's question marks on defense, but I will say this. They've br they have brought in some guys that I think are going to help fill some of those holes in a good way. And I just think the Big 12 – there's a lot of capability in the Big 12 this season. We're not playing Utah. We're not playing UCF. Um, I, I I see one loss on the schedule, and I think it's probably Iowa State. Like, I really do. I think this team can go uh, really far. Um, Fucking Baylor so, 2012. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but look, if you're 11 and one, I think that's enough to get you to a conference championship game. Oh, and yeah. from that, 
from from there you get okay automatic qualifier College and and i think 11 and i think go? 11 and well, one yeah, yeah, the yeah, top automatic. six yeah, yeah, ranked right, conference right. conference champions. Yeah, you're right. uh, yeah i mean 11 and one will get you in a in a conference championship and you know depending on how the year plays out you could still be in the top 12 you know from a you know i guess top 11 from a playoff perspective too so i'm just pretty high on this team i i'm and i'm not even i'm not high right now like i i'm just high on this team you know i i i think they could could really go far um but uh, there's definitely a lot of play things at play i mean you're the road game at tulane we were probably i feel a little bit better than that just because tulane's going to be rebuilding you know, with some guys and with a new coaching staff and a coaching um, staff that this coaching staff has seen already with Troy. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I feel, I feel pretty decent about that. And yeah, I mean, yeah, if we're talking team right now, I mean, I loved your breakdown of the wide receivers. I think defensively we've filled a lot of gaps. I think we could still use, I think we'll still see some springtime stuff be added in. Uh, when the spring portal opens up, uh, contributors for depth and things of that nature. But, you know, hot take time. Uh, statistically, I think Garrett Oakley is going to have a better season than Ben Sennett did. So. Wow. I like you it. Know, I, I like his I like his ability. I think he's going to be uh, he's undoubtedly going to be the number one tight end. Uh, you know, I think Garrett Oakley had his moments where Ben Sennett wasn't uh, wasn't available, uh, and Garrett Oakley filled those roles. So I think Garrett Oakley has got some big shoes to fill, but I think he's going to surpass some of those shoes statistically. Maybe not impact wise, like I think because you said the offense is going to be so much better and more dynamic. I think that. It's not going to look like he's doing much more, but I think statistically, I think he's going to surplant that. And then you you brought up the receivers, and then running back, uh, DJ Giddens with another year where uh, under his belt, where he's undoubtedly the number one. What do we look like behind him? Will be a big test of what we can do mm-hmm. going forward. Be, not having to rely on. Avery Johnson's legs where we can have a stable of running backs. But I think, man, let me tell you, if what we're hearing about, like people in just workouts, I think we're going to be, we're going to be happy. I think we're going to be happy. I think we're going to be, we're going to be top of the 12, nine and three, my ass. I'm with you. Let's go. Let's go one loss. That didn't take, that didn't take much. (laughs) I guess we're good salesmen. Away games. So you've got some interesting away games to places we've either never been before or places that it's been a long time since we've been there, like Boulder. What are some of the away games you're circling? I know all three of us have Colorado on that list, but outside of that one, what are some of the away games you're circling? If if I'm just jumping in, kicking this off, I would say the BYU game is going to be one that a lot of K-State fans are going to try to make the trip for just because it's the first time that we're playing out there especially in conference. I, we may have never played in Provo. I would venture to guess we probably haven't, but all that's to say, I think Tulane is another exciting place to get to visit. And and we'll probably have a lot of fans at Houston. I'm not saying that's an exciting place to go, but we'll probably have a lot of K-Staters there. 
Yeah, I think bring those on, are bring on the Cougs. Yeah, the Cougs. <laughs> yeah, I think those are going to be. I mean, oh, which Cougars are you talking about? <laughs> the Houston Cougars. Yeah, do I do I look like Zach Wilson? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you're you're going to be right in the backyard. I think that's going to be the sleepiest atmosphere that we're going to see. Yeah, uh, quite possibly. And that could be to our detriment. You know, it's going to be an 11 o'clock kick guaranteed uh, in sleepy Houston. I don't know how many fans will have there, but I don't think Houston's going to have very many. So that could be a problem. It's like playing in the Lloyd Noble Center in basketball. You have to bring yep. your own energy and that can be that can be a tough thing to do. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Colorado and the Houston games, uh, those are games that I'm planning on attending. So um, for me, automatically those get circled. Um, I mean, I, you know, the, the other games that are on the road are, are tests. So, um, you know, BYU, admittingly, it's, you know, that's consistently a tough environment to play in um, despite them not being good. So uh I mean we're seeing we're gonna be seeing Jerry Bohannon again, most likely. Yes. Correct. Always always exciting seeing the Baylor cast offs going to BYU. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I the Colorado game I think is the one that I'm uh I'm excited for. I think that's gonna be a hot ticket too. Um, I know a lot of cat fans are circling that one. Um, it's their homecoming got to put in a lot of preparation i think to to be able to go to that this year but um yeah i'll definitely be in houston uh, hopefully with a lot of other cats fans for that game As, i wish i mean we have the colorado game circled but morgantown obviously would be my go-to destination if if i wasn't planning that trip so morgantown is i mean when's the last time we were there was that covid been a while was it will will no or was it the Big 12 title? It was, yeah, 2022. 2022. Yeah. We just didn't play them last year, but 2022 mm-hmm. in Morgantown. I don't think that's very fair. I think they should be here. But, you know, that's up to the schedule makers. But, you know, that is a spooky place to play when uh, Morgantown's jumping. When when they got a thing to cheer for, it is a they, – they, they got their student sections behind cages. It's nuts. There's <laughs> – they fence them in. They're crazy. Like rabbit animals. <laughs> yeah, something like it. They they probably have rabies, to be honest. I yeah, mean, I mean West Virginia. They're, they're it's crushed. West Virginia. Yeah, it's West Virginia we're talking about. Coons have, and hats. That'll do it to you. <laughs> I did have a question pop up while we were talking about this. I didn't realize or put this together, but the only trip this team takes to the state of Texas is against Houston. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's going to have some sort of a recruiting implication, knowing that we like to recruit Texas and typically it, it helps to bring in guys and say, Hey, you're not going to, you're going to get an opportunity to play closer to home against Houston, TCU, Baylor, whoever. Yeah. I think it, it does hurt, especially for, you know, those road games in Texas when they're in their recruiting bases is a time for them to, you know, sneak out and see some high school football on the road and all that stuff. But what also hurts is that we only have five, what is it, is it five home games, six home games, but, you know, five, one of them could be 
uh, a Friday game where there's no way that they're going to be able to see a high school recruits are going to be able to make it into town uh, with high school football going out. So just recruiting in general is going to, you know, it's not a very fun year for Taylor Brett to like figure out how recruiting is going to go with, you know, limited Texas games and, basically only five games where they can have kids on campus. So it's, unless we lock up Lincoln cure. Oh, well, just, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to put my eggs in one basket, but you know, that is the truth right there. He is. I think he's, he's already got some crystal balls. So the cure is the cure is here. <laughs> um, I, I don't play too much into the Texas thing. Um, this is the way that the new Big 12 is going to be. Um, and albeit Texas is a big recruiting platform, but you see some of the guys that we've been pulling out of Florida and Georgia. And, you know, it's I, I feel like recruiting is a little bit of a different game now because uh, it, it is. Yeah, you could consider it to be nice that you're playing in a, a big state like Texas, but. I mean, that's not the reality of the situation anymore. And, you know, now you're Arizona. I mean, we got two Arizona schools and we've recruited guys at Arizona in the past. Um, Colorado, all too. of it, all of it, you know, it it's just changed with the NIL and um, kind of the transfer portal and, and all of these different things. So um I, I don't know. I don't play too much into it anymore. Like I, I would say maybe like five years ago um, when we knew that Texas was a huge recruiting hotbed, the guys that we are pulling out are from Kansas. I mean, a lot of the guys are coming from Kansas and Missouri and, um, and, and places like that. So I don't know. I mean, I would love to, them to play more in Texas because then I could go see them, but obviously can't even get TCU for the next two years. Yeah, that's tough. And and Texas Tech, we're not playing for the first time in a really, really long time, it feels like. So it's going to be weird not having those on the schedule. But I, you know, the the recruiting aspect of it is is what it is. Um, looking just around the league, looking at other other Big 12 teams, a lot of first time matchups or, or matchups that haven't been had for quite some time. Uh, we obviously have a couple of first time matchups like against BYU uh, but just looking around the league, a couple of matchups, what I would just want to know which ones stick out to you. Um, for me, I've got two or three here. The first one is Arizona at Texas Tech. That's an old border conference rivalry, old matchup. Uh, it's going to be about halfway through the season, so it should be at an interesting point in time for both of those teams too. Will Texas Tech live up to Joey McGuire's hype finally at some point, or, or will it just be more of the same kind of you know, average to above average that we've seen the last couple of years out of them. Uh, BYU at Utah, you've got the the Holy Wars is a conference game again, but for the first time in a power conference, that's going to be later in the season on uh, November 9th. So that's going to be a, a bye week, I think, for K-State. So we'll be we'll be able to tune into that one without any kind of distraction. And then Utah at Oklahoma State, those are two comp or those are two teams that in their respective conferences have always been kind of in the top three, top four, top five here the last couple of years and our preseason or, or finish the season ranked top 25 for this past season. So those are two really good teams that I think are going to be part of the mix for the conference championship race and to see who's going to make it to Arlington. So, so that one's going to intrigue me. It's a little earlier in the season, which I think will 
be fascinating to see how that impacts the season of both of those teams. But that's kind of a heavyweight collision really to, to cap or to start off conference play pretty early on there. Yeah. Um, a game that I've circled uh, going back to Arizona. So Arizona on the road at Utah. Um, I'm expecting Arizona and Utah to be two of the top five teams in big 12 uh, this season, obviously from the PAC 12 perspective and thinking about, kind of a little mini rivalry that probably will start up um, just because these teams have history. Uh, but I mean, Arizona, again, with their talent at quarterback going on the road at Utah, who I, I would probably put Utah, at least for right now, is probably going to be the preseason number one team in the Big 12. Um, I would be kind of surprised if it was anybody other than Utah. That's just my thoughts. Um, and then you had mentioned Utah at Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State is another team that, I mean, they're riding Alan Bowman in his ninth year in college. Um, Oklahoma State is, I mean, they were a top two team in the Big 12 this season. So um, they have some people they are going to have to replace. But again, having a Utah team go on the road to Stillwater, that should be a really fun game. Um uh, again, with two teams that will probably be preseason top five Big 12 teams. They did lose a quarterback to Alabama to the transfer portal. I don't know if you guys saw that, but. Mm -mm. Okay, that was that was a joke. <laughs> that did not actually happen. Oh. Gunner Gundy that... is not going to Alabama. <laughs> Where's he going? I don't know, but not Alabama. <laughs> that was a joke, I thought. <laughs> Chef, what uh, yeah. other conference matchups are intriguing to you? I mean, with just the new teams, because, I mean, you guys basically rattled them all off. But, you know, I'm always – for me, I like the Cincinnati-West Virginia matchup. I don't know if they're – are they playing this year? I'm pretty sure they're playing this year, but uh, we could look that up. But that, for me, just regionally, from selfishly, those are always, like – that is a, a contentious, a contentious rivalry that, you know, not a lot of people talk about because that's a, was that an old big East matchup? And it, it's just, it's nasty. It's nasty, nasty stuff. You know, a lot of uh, what you guys would call fake Midwesterners battling it out in some uh, poverty time since the nasty. Yes. Let's go. Well, I think that's all we've got for tonight. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and leave you here. But uh, if you have any thoughts on the the Big Twelve conference schedule, definitely let us know. Shoot us a tweet, shoot us a message, shoot us a comment, whatever, wherever, make it happen. For all of us here at Cocaine Willie, thank you for listening to the show on your podcast feeds or watching us on YouTube. <laughs> Shakira, Shakira, do us a favor. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, leave us a five-star rating and follow the show. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Quick PSA. Once again, we did this on the earlier episode this week, but you've heard of college football realignment. Now get ready for college podcast realignment coming. Soon, there will be a new college sports community and we are proud to announce a cocaine Willie will be the official K-State representative in that community. Stay tuned for more details here in March or April. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or follow us individually. I am at Bob Trollsby. Fireball Matt is at Matt Marchesini, and Chef is at Chef Andre Napier. Chef, we kept it under an hour. Take us out.
I can wait another five minutes and keep it to an hour. Uh, but cocaine's a hell of a drug, baby. We are all coke and no joke. Wildcat country. Let's freaking ride, man. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride.